Sports Squad with Io and Chanel. Hello and welcome to Sports Squad here on Fun Kids. I'm Io and with me is the wonderful Chanel. Now, Chanel, I don't know about you, man. This last week or two have been quite hot. It's been quite roasting out there. I've been enjoying the sun, been playing a bit of tennis. What have you been up to? Uh, I haven't been playing as much sports as usual, but um, I've got a paddling pool, which takes up most of our garden, which means we've either got a very small garden or the biggest paddling pool ever. I'll leave you to guess. The one thing I can tell you for certain is the water gets very, very cold so quick. Yeah, but look, I'll take that. I've been absolutely sweating on my balcony here in London, so I'll take any bit of cold water anytime. Anyway, coming up in the rest of the programme, you're going to be bringing us the world of sports news. And our guest as well is a top rugby coach who became a tribal chief after becoming Olympic champion. Sports Squad with Io and Chanel. What if I told you today's guest coached a team from Fiji with a population of less than a million to their first ever Olympic gold medal? You may think that sounds like the script from a movie. Well, it actually is because the story is being made into a movie. It is an actual true tale. The coach is Ben Ryan. He led Fiji to become Olympic champions in Rio 2016 in the Rugby Sevens. Ben, welcome to the show. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, great. It's really nice to be here. Can we just start on this Fiji story? Because how on earth does someone become the coach of Fiji? Because, you know, we know they they create some incredible rugby players, but to actually coach a Fijian team, it must have been quite a feat. Yeah, it's a a slightly odd story on how it all came about. I was coaching England um, and I kind of fell out of love with rugby and wanted to do something else. And then a mate said to me on Twitter, Fiji are looking for a new head coach. So I applied and they said, let's have um, a Skype interview at two in the afternoon in Suva, the capital, which was two in the morning in West London. And they asked me really important uh, interview questions like, um, have I met Johnny Wilkinson? Do I know the Queen? Uh, and I, <laughs> All I, key I, questions as to whether or not you're good enough to do the job, right? That's it. And then two weeks later, I get a phone call um, when I'm out in Richmond and it's a Fiji number and it's... I pick it up and they say, hi, Bulla Ben, this is um, the acting chief executive of Fiji Rugby Union. We've got a press conference in 20 minutes. What? Uh, yeah, that, well, that's great. What's it about? And he said, it's to make appoint you as the new head coach of the Fiji uh-huh. rugby team. So I said, um, OK, do I have any say in this? And he said, yeah, you've got 20 minutes. Call me back. So it went from there, Io. It's like a movie, isn't it? It's like those American, great American football films, isn't it? Like, you know, you've got the underdogs, those kids haven't got much. And then all of a sudden, they train hard, they've got an inspirational coach. And there you go, they win the tournament. I mean, that is exactly what this is. What is it like to have led that team to the point in which where you're winning the first ever gold medal for this country? Yeah, they hadn't had a foreign coach um, before. And, and uh, yeah, when I got there, I felt so out of my depth. You know, it was a, it was a foreign country. I didn't speak Fijian. I'd never been there. Um, and I felt really out of my comfort zone. But I knew I needed to do something different. I wanted to, to have a big challenge, an exciting one. And um, I needed to kind of leave London life behind for a while and, and do something different. And, and I was really pleased that I did in the end. I sit down like when I came back and I chat to mates and you tell some of the stories, they don't believe you because they just think you're making it up when you talk about players like riding in on, on a horse to training or uh, one of the players couldn't stand up for two days because he had had a black magic curse on his legs. And one of the players, our star player, he had lots of um, holes in his teeth from eating too much chocolate. So I took him to the dentist and he actually ran out of the dentist chair and I was chasing him down the high street, telling him to get back and get his teeth sorted so I could pick him to play for Fiji. It's like none of this stuff happened with England at Twickenham, you know, so 
um, to get them all together and then just let them do their thing because they were so talented and they were so grateful that they were being helped. They all came from a really poor background. You know, the, the rich kid in the team, he took it in turns to, to go to school when he was a kid because his mum and dad could only afford the bus fare for one of the kids out of the three. Um, mm. and, and so they all had that real drive to want to show that they could, they could really be special when they were just given an opportunity. Um, for Fiji, it was the win was really historic. So tell us about the celebrations on the island. A national holiday was declared. I've always really wanted to go to Fiji. It seems an absolutely beautiful place. Yeah, it's beautiful, you know, and the people make it. They're, they're, they're really happy. They live in the present. They're really grateful for what they have. And when we came back, three days of bank holidays, we all were given various honours and awards um, and we drove around the island and, and the villages to make a stop at their village to come in and say hello. They would put their kids and their babies on the floor in the road. So we had to stop the van so we'd get out and go to their villages. So like a one hour trip took nine hours and, and everyone was so happy. And it is a place that if you get the chance, you know, get over to Fiji and, uh, and, and join in with the, the love in Fiji. It's a cool place. Yeah, you're really wetting our appetite. But also, not just that, the president of Fiji gave you a bit of land apparently. And also you, you were given a, a Fijian name. Yeah, so I, I was I was kind of given the equivalent of a knighthood, I guess, formally. And then the, the chiefs of Fiji, where I was living in Serua, which is a province, they, they kind of thought they should make me a chief. So my official name is, is Ratu Peni Rayani Latinora from the from the Seruan province. And uh, and I have to go back to Fiji if we um, if we have a great council of chiefs meeting. Uh, we got a WhatsApp group, so it's really easy <laughs> if they need to call us. <laughs> They've got a WhatsApp group. You're making my day. This is this is the I can't. I mean, look, if this gets turned into a film, I cannot wait to see it because it, it it just sounds like such a fairy tale uh, thing, but also so important. And, and I know Chanel wants to come in on this, but I really want to talk to you in a second about how we open up rugby to, to, to people from very different backgrounds. But Chanel, you go first before me. What does your um, Fijian name mean? Okay, so so it's a long, it's a tongue twister. Ratu Penny Rani Latinara, and Ratu means chief in Fiji. Penny is Ben in Fijian, and Rayani is Ryan, and then Latinara is the chiefly clan's uh, name, family name in Sarua. So the main chief is uh, from Latinara, and I'm I'm in their family now. If 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 Fijians love you, they really love you. You know, they do everything they can to to make you feel welcome, and and they felt they wanted me to to feel part of Fiji, so they made me a chief and and gave me a bit of land, and I'm very grateful for that. This is actual royalty. We were talking to royalty here. This is incredible. Oh, I don't know about that. And you're the very first uh, guest we've ever had on this program who's got their own currency or their, their face on currency. Talk to me about that. I mean, this is just the most ridiculous story. You do know this. Yeah, totally ridiculous, <laughs> surreal and, and in many ways very stupid. But yeah, they decided, uh, they decided a couple of decades ago to take the Queen off the notes and coins when they moved away from the British rule. And, um, and then they put me on a 50 cent piece and uh, a $7 bill. So yeah, you can buy a coffee with my face on uh, a note. <laughs> It is weird. It's so weird. This this little ginger fellow on a banknote. It doesn't. None of it makes sense. Now, this is something I'm really passionate about, and I know it's something you're really passionate about. Having I've worked in rugby now. I worked with rugby last season, um, and something I always find interesting with rugby, especially rugby union, is it, there's a bit of a class divide, really. It's hard for a lot of kids to play that sport, and a lot of the kids that do play that sport seem to go to some of the best schools in the country. 
How do we change this? How do we open it up to everyone? Because I know kids want to play. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. And I, you know, I come from a comprehensive background and I reckon in my t- I was, I was the, probably the last professional player to come out of my school and that was almost two decades ago. And even in my team, half my team were better than me, but they never had the opportunities. Um, and, and I think it's about just purely that, letting people play the game. And so I've, one of the things I've done is create this sport, this game called Rugby X, which is really simple version of rugby in a really small area. We launched it in the O2 last year for international teams, but we want to run it at grassroots level so that a teacher or a parent that doesn't, hasn't played rugby before can help coach it because it's really simple. It's just really around the basics and allowing people to, to see if they fancy playing rugby and giving them an opportunity. So going into inner cities and non-traditional rugby playing areas. So hopefully Rugby X will help to increase participation. I see like what sport can do for helping people's self-esteem, their communication skills, their standards of behaviour, aspiring for other things and just even just staying healthy and having fun with their mates. You know, it can it can stop them doing other things that maybe send them down the wrong paths. And it can also just give them something to aspire to and set goals. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of using sport for lots of different things other than just scoring goals and tries. When can we start playing? How, how old can, do you need to be to be able to play with rugby X? Oh, oh, we can like from I think under six or under seven, you can have a like a tag or a, a non-contact version of it. Um, and then it goes all the way up and, and you can play mixed versions of it, male and female. And we're doing lots of stuff in line with the uh, Rugby Football Union and World Rugby. We've cut out all the complicated laws that, you know, can make people stop to get involved in it, either as a teacher or a coach or as a player. So that so we don't have any any kickoffs or line outs. Um, we don't have any conversions. So it's mainly around pass catch. There's only five on the field. It's only 10-minute uh, games. And if it's a tie, then we have these one-on-one battles against each other, which is really fun. And we're starting to think about how we can interact the crowd. So a bit like some of the fancy football where you pick a player and he gets double points or she gets double points as captain and the crowd pick that. So we're thinking of those sort of ideas to bring in to the next event in the O2 when we're allowed to do it. But it's just really simple and fun, an easy way to, if you've never watched rugby before, to enjoy it. Ben, thanks so much for talking to us. Um, do stay with us because I definitely know you have got a quiz. I've seen the questions. These ones ain't easy. Sports Squad Quiz. <laughs> yeah, I have got three questions for you. First one is, what is the population of Fiji? Is it around A, 900,000, B, 1.5 million, or C, 2 million? Chanel. Um, A, 900,000. Sweet. Yeah, jackpots. You are correct. And they are spread out over 355 islands. Um, which made it fun to try and go and see all the players. <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you get hold of someone who's on the furthest island away, you know? You wouldn't believe some of the ways that I, I, I travelled to go to some of, the, some of these islands, but it was a lot of fun trying to get there. Quality. Question two. Number two is, the Fijian word for chief is Ranu. Is that true or is that false? False because it's Ratu. Two from two. Lovely stuff. Get in. So your final question to get the hat trick. After winning the Olympic gold medal, I was featured on Fiji's currency, the 50 cent piece and also the $7 bill. The final question is, though, how much is seven Fijian dollars worth in English money? Is it A, 
around £2.50, B, about £1, or C, around £4.50. Um, I'm going to say £2.50, random guess. A random guess gets you 100%. Are you kidding me? She's done it! Get the fanfare out, get the trumpet. Nice. Before we go, Ben, uh, I know you'd spent some time in Fiji. You must have learnt some of the local lingo. Any words you could uh, teach us? Yeah, let's, let's do a couple of simple ones. So, so big in Fiji is levu. But if you want to say something is really big, you just say levu. <laughs> levu. So I, lo- I used levu. to love that. Yeah. And, and uh, if, it's, if it's hot, it's katakata, which, uh, which at the moment is, ver- is, is, is levu katakata. Uh, oh, and, and the boys would come to London to play a tournament and it would be bata bata, which is uh, cold. And kind of the word sounds like the feeling as well. So I, I, I love that about it. And in Fiji, some modern words won't have an old name. So it's kind of, you know, televisioni, you know. It, 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 <laughs> I think I guessed that one. <laughs> it's a real mashup, you know. And yeah, yeah. So, so different things. Uh, um, cow is, is a cow, is, a, is beef. Um, bull and my cow so there's kind of stuff like that but um, yeah they, they, they would just laugh if you got things wrong and then they would correct you and bulla is hello and bulla means ray of sunshine uh, which is a nice way to say hello to someone sounds good look Ben thank you so much and um, really good luck with Rugby X do check it out as well it's fantastic brilliant thank you for having me on and amazing I can't believe we've got a chief in our presence this is heaven <laughs> a Love little it. chief amazing <laughs> Cheers, brother. Cheers. Take care. The world of sports. Squad. Anyway, world of sports news. What have you been finding out this week? Well, last week we talked about how you could put your face on a cardboard cutout in the stands for Borussia Mönchengladbach games in the German league. Did you get your cardboard cutout for their first home game, Io? Uh, do you know what? Um, I don't know. It's just like skipped my mind for some reason. Uh, I, 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 do you know what? I think it got lost in the post. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing it, though. I'd better see it. (laughs) Okay. Well, never mind. Here's another opportunity to attend a football match for you. Danish club Aarhus have introduced huge screens on the touchline in their stadium, which allow spectators to attend matches via Zoom. What? How on earth does that work? So, basically, as you watch the match on your computer or phone at home, your face appears on Zoom on a giant screen next to the pitch. The club says this allows players to see and feel the support. It's an amazing idea. That is such an innovative idea and actually it's quite instantaneous as well. And I think, you know, obviously it was a bit of tongue-in-cheek with the, with the cardboard cutouts and it's quite nice in terms of creating a, a visual spectacle. But with this one, you get to see fans cheer, which is amazing. Yeah, it's just so smart. Like, you know how we were talking about how it must feel so weird how no crowd is there, but definitely with the Zoom idea, it's going to be great. I quite like how innovative a lot of uh, teams are being right now. And uh, yet again, you know, hopefully if the Premier League does come back, they might take some of these uh, um, innovations on board, really. Um, but it's, it's amazing. I like that. I, m- I might keep a lookout for Danish football to see if this actually works properly. Anyway, that is all we have got on today's show. It is goodbye from Chanel. Bye. And it's goodbye from me. Bye-bye. Sports Squad is brought to you with the support of the Audio Content Fund. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you enjoy the programme, please review and rate us as well. Catch you next time. I'm James Stewart, and in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists. 
to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet. Led, of course, by your questions. Hi James, I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. <laughs> this is Saving Planet Earth. Available wherever you get your podcasts.